Right, uh, the title of this edition is More Than Just Logic. And what I'm talking about here is in relation to um, computation, what I call computation, what may be called elementary mathematics or arithmetic or whatever else. And it's only, I remember when I, when I, um, did my own degree in University College Galway. I did a, a, a double honours degree in pure mathematics and mathematical physics. And um, both in uh, pure mathematics and in mathematical physics, they were both highly symbolic in their nature. Um, pure mathematics was dominated by, you could say, a logical system of derivation from axioms. And uh, the mathematical physics was a little bit less so, a good deal less so, but still I remember thinking to myself that when I had finished my degree, I had become a great symbol manipulator. But I did not have the experience. I was not able to comprehend the formulas that um, I had derived during the course of my three years of study. And it was to be a goodly number of years later that um, when I when I went to University College Cork and began studying computational mechanics, which used a lot more computer programming, and I developed a sense of the importance of numbers because numbers fill out the formulaic derivatives of a logical approach to computation. And, um, and that's something that I feel that is missing from our educational system at this moment in time. Because one of the things that you learn when, when, you, when you become used to uh, more au fait with uh, numbers in terms of computation that uh, you can have all the formulas in the world, but it's numbers that make them come to life. It, you get the, the feeling, you get the skill at applying um, computational techniques. And when I myself came across the sutras of Vedic mathematics and their application in terms of arithmetic, it was then that I began to realize that arithmetic is more than just logic. And that is something that I feel that the powers that be need to become aware of. Um, <laughs> I'm just looking at the, at, at, at the silence. And silence is a is a very very 
um, interesting thing because silence is full of potentiality just as zero is full of potentiality the null process is full of potentiality and if we can enliven that potentiality within the mind of a student within the awareness of a student then the student learns to make a step away from the safe path and they become lively in the fruit of all knowledge they become lively in the potential of all knowledge not just that which can be grabbed in a logical way but that which can be grasped in a subtle and beautiful way the, the, the eyes of the students light up with the potential that their awareness has the ability to grab the pathways between the steps, the orderly steps of computation. And it's when we can impart knowledge in such a way that the students actually light up and rather than running away in fear and cowering, their hands go up in the air and the students can see the light within the teacher's awareness and the students will go towards that light you know really <laughs> and this is going to take some time the whole global education system needs to be reformed not just in relation to mathematics not just in relation to Ireland but every single country the education system needs to be reformed to be pulled away from the notion of a system based on logic to in fact to become an education system based on compassion teachers need to realize that the most important role that they must play is to impart impart knowledge in a compassionate way I remember when I was in school I had one great very great teacher his name was Brother Murray and he taught me mathematics mathematical physics physics chemistry and his own version of Christian doctrine his own version of philosophy 
when I was leaving school more than 40 years ago. And he said one thing to us at the time, which I have often thought about in the intervening years. He said, boys, you know, I am not better than ye. He was saying intellectually, I am not better than ye. I just have a bit more experience. And that's what I loved about the Vedic mathematics, is that the Vedic mathematics grows on you. It takes a while. It's very, very easy to dismiss it. But given practice, given the desire to explore this oftentimes strange new world, the world of, of arithmetic, algebra, geometry, presented in a new way, presented to the world of sutras, the Vedic sutras of Vedic mathematics. And <laughs> what happens at times is the logical mind tends to abhor this new approach. I remember when I was learning the techniques myself from a number of books, some of them, well, one of them written by Tirhaji, a couple of books written by Narinder Puri, and some books written by Kenneth Williams. And my mind used to move away and say, oh, I, I don't want to go back learning my arithmetic again. But I did. And I found a world which is more than just logic. Shini Gurdh Mahagat Agaslan. Right, uh, this is version two of more than just logic. And, um, you know, there is a, a, a notion, again, that mathematics is logic guided by rules of inference. We start with a set of unproven and oftentimes unprovable axioms and from that that we can derive the totality of mathematical content. And in one sense that is very true. Um, but it is only true in the sense whereby we are referring to the knowledge which in itself is mathematical. But there is much more to the application of um, mathematics itself to systems which are, which may be described as being engineering, which may be described as being practical. And these aspects of 
uh, knowledge are in themselves probably not provable according to the strict rules of logical inference, but are provable according to the rules of common sense, of practical knowledge. And that's one thing that um, as educators we must be aware of. Uh, not everything can be rigorously rig rigorously determined using the rules of mathematical inference. There are aspects of life which are beyond the rules of mathematical inference. And our, what I say is our computational systems must be able to deal with those areas. And we need a set of principles which can be used to develop knowledge in these areas. And I do believe that the sutras of Vedic mathematics provide, to a certain degree anyway, a very rich um, set of principles which can be used to describe knowledge, which, um, although not strict, strictly speaking, uh, derivable from strict axioms, they provide a way whereby the mind itself can be tutored to develop practical knowledge. And I believe that this goes beyond the the, the uh, realm of um, logic as it is used in mathematics. Now, logic is a very useful thing, and it is something that um, should not be denied to students, but it should not be only be their own guide, their their only guide, and. In a sense, what the the alternative to to logic, or the, uh, it's not an alternative. It's not that logic. It's that certain things can be derived which are not logical. That they're beyond the field of logic, and they relate more to the field of skill, and. It's not something that it was is is in vogue within the current system of mathematics whereby we are concerned or whereby the current system of mathematics is concerned with developing a skill in terms of computational knowledge in terms of arithmetic it's something that should be and um, you know I come back to this example again I come back to the example of multiplication in terms of um, arithmetic and to a large extent there is only one system of, of uh, multiplication which is used um, in a logically derived system of arithmetic there's only one system of, of general form of multiplication which can be brief, roughly be called uh, long multiplication. There's nothing else used. Whereas in the Vedic system, there are many, many different forms of, of um, 
multiplication. And one of the initial, and these lead quite naturally from multiplication in the field of arithmetic to multiplication in the field of algebra and backwards and forwards. So that, um, for instance, there are certain types of multiplications which can be achieved in algebra, which can be achieved in very specific numeric forms in terms of arithmetic. And there, these multiplication systems are derived in a different way than a purely logical system. They're based on the patterns inherent in numbers. Um, oftentimes, in fact, a, a lot of multiplication schemes are hidden due to the use of um, carrying digits in, in, in terms of uh, a multiplication sum. And they're not apparent from the initial way that the, the multiplication is uh, laid out. And when we go beyond the sum of all of our knowledge, we achieve the glory of bright, smiling faces looking up when the knowledge dawns that this is a particularly simple way of doing a sum. One of the things that um, differs in one sense between um, standard mathematics and Vedic mathematics is that in standard mathematics a method is 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 understood understanding making logical connections is a very large part of standard mathematics whereas in Vedic mathematics practice being able to practice a some being able to spot when a particular type of algorithm may be applied and then applying that algorithm to get a correct answer is the way that the um, comprehension dawns. And the understanding as to why something works develops based on the practice of a technique rather than working through the logical steps and understanding in that way. And that is why um, you know, the, 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 the way I look at it is both of these uh, methods are, or both of these approaches to, to developing mathematical or computational knowledge, both of these approaches are complementary. And, you know, they can, they can be used to uh, complement each other. They can be used as two alternative routes to, towards um, teaching. And it's just, um, it's an unfortunate thing right at this moment in time that the standard um, 
curriculum will not um, address these what are what are very very simple techniques and um, extend the minds of the students beyond the purely logical approach. Shini Karmagat Agaslan. Right, uh, this is version three of more than just logic. And um, I just want to talk a little bit about this process again. Um, what I do, what I'm doing here is I am recording three versions on the same general topic and then um, publishing them on the internet and I don't know whether anyone listens to them or not and it's not, in a sense that's not my worry at this moment in time. And the reason why I'm doing this is I'm just trying to develop a system for um, actually for writing, for thinking and for talking. And the reason that I, 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 I um, use three versions is effectively to just um, give myself the freedom to express things. And um, one of the things that I'm, I, I'm noticing while I'm, I'm, I'm actually doing this is how to deal with uncertainty. And one way of dealing with uncertainty is through exploring silence itself. And silence is a very, very important part of education and one that we don't tend to be aware of, in one sense, very much in terms of um, silence allows a student to explore the potentiality of a particular situation and you know within within very traditional systems well I mean traditional as in um, very classical um, types of educations silence is viewed as being wrongful would be the right word, I suppose, as being undesirable and that a student should have the ability to um, express something immediately. But in fact, silence can um, be where a student is thinking in a way which is not logical, not consistent, and all of these are um, examples which show that You know the whole, the whole, not just the whole field of mathematics, but the whole field of knowledge itself is um, not just based purely on logical 
inferences. And uh, I feel that in one sense, you know, mathematics needs to um, grow up. A mathematic, <laughs> dare I say it, some mathematicians need to grow up as well. And that mathematics and the mathematicians um, need to get away from the cleverness of logic, need to get away from the, the cleverness of logical inferences, need to get, get away from the cleverness of logical um, arguments. Because oftentimes something which transcends logic is intuition. Creation, creation of a new um, approach to teaching mathematics. That's what I would love to see, is a new approach which um, takes in, as well as taking in logic, also takes in some other um, approaches to knowledge. And um, I remember once, <laughs> I, I remember once I was doing a lecture in University College Cork. And it was, I was um, explaining the concept of interpolation. Was it interpolation? Um, it's not interpolation, it's not the word I'm looking for. for approximation. The concept, the concept where you you have a, a curve and you want to approximate it, made it with first with a linear approximation, then quadratic, and then uh, higher order polynomials and whatever else. And um, one of the, the main... Um, This example actually just suits this topic. One of the main um, things that I had I had sought to um, to impress on students was the nature of the error term in the approximation and the way the error term um, minimizing the error term was. Um, the key to getting a good approximation. And I'd often found it difficult to explain to the students exactly what that meant. Maybe it was the difficulty within myself, or maybe it was the difficulty with the students comprehending what I wanted to say, but I had found that difficulty. And one, in one particular year, I was uh, I think it was the last year that I was in, er, in, in UCC and it was, I was lecturing a course in numerical methods. And in one particular year, I happened to be reading a book about drawing at the time. And the name of the book was Drawn on the Right-Hand Side of the Brain. An extraordinarily interesting book about the concepts behind drawing. And I was reading about the concept of negative space. And I realized that I could make a comparison 
between the concept of negative space and the concept of the error term in approximation. And I spoke to an audience without notes for 45 minutes, which was something that I did not normally do. Because I had an idea of how to present the knowledge in such a way that it wasn't just logical. It was a concept which was very simple to understand in terms of artistic, an, a, a, an artistic concept. And I was able to make the connection between the artistic concept and the concept from effectively mathematics. And I remember, at the very end of it, I remember uh, I felt very, I felt an extraordinary, extraordinary feeling within myself because this level of knowledge or this approach to teaching had come from totally from within my own experience. And um, I felt as if it, uh, uh, an angel was dancing on my shoulder. And then I was walking back towards my office and <laughs> the devil came dancing on my other shoulder. And I was saying, wow, wasn't that interesting? Wasn't that great? Wasn't, isn't that a great way to be able to lecture? Isn't that a great way to be able to teach? And the devil on my other shoulder says, yeah, that's great, but you can't examine it. And that was when I first began to really, really comprehend the paucity of our education system. Because it, not, it will not allow us to say that education is more than just logic, that mathematical education